first 14 verses. We're a little over halfway through the book of uh, Ezekiel. And, uh, Jay did the heavy lifting. Although I read 23. <laughs> it took me 10 minutes to read the chapter. Um, and and we, we laugh because it's nervous laughter because the subject is so intense. And, and really, um, it should fill us with the sobriety of the depth of the uh, sinfulness and rebellion that God has uh, uh, rescued us from and, and swept ancient Israel away, ancient Judah away. And we, uh, but, but it's, it, intensity doesn't let up. The intensity increases as we go further into the book and as we see this morning and tonight. So give your attention to the word of God, Ezekiel 24. In the ninth year, in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, write down the name of this day, this very day. The king of Babylon has laid siege to Jerusalem this very day and utter a parable to the rebellious house and say to them, thus says the Lord God, set on the pot, set it on, pour in water also, put in the pieces of meat, all the good pieces, the thigh and the shoulder, fill it with choice bones. Take the choicest one of the flock, pile the logs under it, boil it well, seethe also the bones in it. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, woe to the bloody city, to the pot whose corrosion is in it, and whose corrosion has not gone out of it. Take out of it piece after piece without making any choice. For the blood she has shed in her midst, she put it on the bare rock, she did not pour it out on the ground to cover it with dust, to rouse my wrath, to take vengeance. I have set on the bare rock the blood she has shed, that it may not be covered. Therefore says the Lord God, woe to the bloody city. I also will make the pile great. Heap on the logs, kindle the fire, boil the meat well, mix in the spices, and let the bones be burned up. And then set it empty upon the coals that it might become hot and its copper may burn that its uncleanness may be melted in it its corrosion consumed she has wearied herself with toil its abundant corrosion does not go out of it into the fire with its corrosion on account of your unclean lewdness because i have cleansed you and you were not cleansed from your uncleanness, you shall not be cleansed any more till I have satisfied my fury upon you. I am the Lord, I have spoken, it shall come to pass, I will do it, I will not go back, I will not spare, I will not relent according to your ways and your deeds, you will be judged, declares the Lord. Father, blessed to our understanding, the reading, the application of your infallible and errant word. We ask in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I, I find it uh, curious that most people don't even, unless you're a seasoned citizen like I am, don't even notice when December 7th, 1941 rolls around, also known as Pearl Harbor Day, uh, the day that the president at the time said would live in infamy. And, uh, I, and from, for some, uh, some of us older folks, we do remember think about what happened when the Japanese had their surprise attack on Pearl Harbor in Hawaii and how it plunged us into a war. Many of us remember September 11, 2001, when terrorists attacked World Trade Centers, and so every time 9-11 rolls around, we think of that. Well, those kinds of monumental, earth-shattering events uh, are in mind as the Holy Spirit inspires Ezekiel to write this chapter. And the date is 10-10-9. The 10th day of the 10th month in the Jewish calendar in the ninth year of the beginning of the captivity of Judah by Babylon. Such a day is in mind. And Ezekiel is saying from his position in um, Babylon, the Holy Spirit informs him that the forces of Nebuchadnezzar have arrived at the gate of Jerusalem to begin their gruesome work of taking the city to the ground. It is truly amazing. This is one of the many small things, uh, you know, and it's not small, it's huge. These internal prophetic things that are in Ezekiel. How Ezekiel sees prophetically what is happening hundreds of miles away and in, 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 in the day long before uh, modern communications, the uh, Holy Spirit tells him, that this is happening this day. It's one of the one of the many, many small things that you read in the Bible that just overwhelm you when you consider uh, consider how this occurred. That's why the Bible is such a stunning book. It is full of these uh, fulfilled prophecies. The, the prophecy has arrived. The day of judgment has come for Jerusalem's sins. And, and uh, the last two uh, Sundays, Jay so marvelously expounded those extremely difficult chapters which graphically portray uh, the degree of rebellion that Jerusalem had, uh, had provoked the face of God with. And here, he calls upon his background as a priest. Remember, Ezekiel is from the priestly line. Remember, he, he, he can't practice his, uh, his uh, priestly duties in Babylon. Uh, and yet he is dressed as a priest and he calls on the imagery of what the priests do in order to communicate uh, what is happening. And what he proposes is a parable. 
uh, it's in the scripture says a parable of destruction. Utter a parable to the rebellious house and say to them, thus says the Lord. And he proceeds to give them what looks to me to be a recipe, you know. It's like a recipe, you know, cut up the cut up the choice pieces, put them in the pot, bring it to a roiling boil uh, in an iron pot. Uh, down in verse 10, it goes further. It's put in the spices, do all of the things that you do uh, to make this a savory dish. And really, it's again, it's the priestly background of how you handled certain sacrifices. As a priest, you would boil them and then you would offer them. And then some of that boiling meat would be given to the priest for his sustenance. Uh, but really it is, it is a, a picture of an iron pot. And this is not the first time that Ezekiel's used this imagery, the imagery of a pot, a cauldron. And the, and the people used it. They thought, they thought of Jerusalem as being like this iron pot that would keep everything out. And the imagery of Ezekiel is this pot is your judgment. You're, you are going to be destroyed because of your rebellion against God. See, what the, the people who were left behind in Jerusalem had decided to do against the prophecy, prophecies of Jeremiah and Ezekiel, who told them to simply go into captivity. This is what's going to happen. Don't fight Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, take your, your punishment. Take your uh, discipline from the Lord. Take it to heart. Go into exile and uh, be preserved. But no, they decided, you know, this is Jerusalem. This is the temple and, and everything in it, it. It's God's promise. It's our defense. God will, God will deliver us if we are patriotic and if we do the right things, then we will uh, uh, overcome Nebuchadnezzar. And their rebellion against Nebuchadnezzar was based on their own personal desire, not upon the revelation of God. It was not patriotic. It was rebellion against God. And the recipe rather than being a savory dish to be enjoyed, becomes a smoking burnt mess. Have you ever had a, have you ever tried to cook something and you left it on the fire and you didn't pay attention to it? And maybe, hopefully you didn't burn down your house. <laughs> but what was left was just charred remains. These char and that's exactly the picture here. Your rebellion has, has caused such, such destruction to your pot that there's no amount of scouring and scraping uh, to get it out. 
I love the King James, the way it describes the, the remaining bits of the pot. He calls it scum. <laughs> you can't get the scum out. Again, what is the reason? Second point. What is the reason? It's very simple. The reason they are being judged is that they have rebelled against God. God repeatedly warned his people. God repeatedly gave them time to repent and opportunities to repent, and yet they hardened their hearts. Rather than repent, they went deeper into their rebellion, and, and Ezekiel refers to it again. They sacrificed their children to Moloch. They called upon the foreign gods. They offered their children rather than turn to God. <clears throat> this, is a, this is a testimony that God will avenge the shedding of blood. God will avenge wickedness. We are, we are a nation among many nations in the world who sacrifice their children on the altar of convenience. Our tax dollars, this week, I don't know if you're paying attention, but our tax dollars are now being used by our government to, um, to um, provide abortions for our military personnel to wherever they want to go to get their abortion procedure. This is wicked. God will not turn away from evil. He will judge it. And whether it's his own people in ancient uh, Judah, or whether it's his people in the various nations of the world, whether it's the, the Greek empire that follows, or the Roman empire that follows that, or the, the, uh, the, the nations of the world, those who... who persist in rebellion will be judged. The promise is for cleansing. Again, again, Ezekiel is a priest and, he, and the Holy Spirit has him use words that are in line with his, his priestly uh, background. He tells him to Put on the attire, his attire as a priest. Jay mentioned the turban last week. Here it is again. Put on his priestly turban. And yet, these sins will not be covered. For the blood, verse 7, for the blood she has shed in her midst, she put on the bare rock, and she didn't pour it out on the ground to cover it with dust. Priest was supposed when they made a sacrifice, they were supposed to cover the blood of the sacrifice with dirt. It was a sacred thing to not to leave the, the blood exposed. The judgment of God falls upon Judah because of their shedding of innocent blood. God will not be mocked. Verse 12 and 13, the promise 
it was it was so unavoidable, so avoidable for them. Jud the judgment of God is avoidable for every human being that comes under the hearing of the gospel. Yet some people absolutely refuse to hear it. I would have cleansed you. I would have purified you. All you had to do was turn from your wickedness. How hard is that? God is a gracious God who welcomes returning sinners. He loves it when they acknowledge they have done wrong and they reconcile to him and those who they have harmed. I would have cleansed you. And yet they would not be cleansed. Again, the Old Testament sacrifice that were the blood and the water were sprinkled as a symbol of cleansing on the people, pointing to uh, the cross and what Jesus would do. This is what he has done for us. God offers his forgiveness to his people who will claim it for themselves and demonstrate they have it with a repentant life. He gives his people time and time again to repent. But as this book reveals and our text this morning reveals, his patience is not unlimited. There comes that faithful day when the price will be paid for those who refuse his gracious offer. Of forgiveness. Finally, we see in the last two verses the result of God's judgment. God will by no means clear the guilty. He will execute his vengeance on evildoers. The fall of Jerusalem in January of 586 B.C. is a picture of the ultimate destruction of the whole world. It's a day of vengeance. I, um, it's been an a, uh, incredible year, this whole year for me. This has been the year of the funeral and the wedding for me. I've done more weddings in one year than I've ever done, and I think I've done almost as many funerals. And it strikes me every time I've come to a funeral, particularly the graveside, this is what we earn. It, it hit me. Um, um, this, my, we buried Denise's mother at the Veterans Cemetery, and it just hit me. This is where we come to. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. This is what we are. This is what we deserve. And it, it comes through every human being. Every, every one of us will come to that place at some point. 
even when Christ returns and we're, we are alive and remain when we're called up, we're, we're not going to stay the same in these mortal bodies. Those bodies are going to be changed. It'll be in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, but we're not going to go just straight up into heaven like this. We're going to be changed. We earn death. We deserve death. That's what, that's what Romans 6, 23 says. That our wages are death. But, I love the but there. The free gift of God is eternal life. <coughs> Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The day of judgment. As we go through the end of, through the rest of Ezekiel, we'll hear more and more about the day of the Lord and the vengeance of the Lord. And, and um, the, the Apostle John takes this up in the book of Revelation. He says, I was in the spirit on the, on the Lord's day, and that could easily be, as easily be translated, day of the Lord. And we, I don't know if it's even a proper understanding of the Sabbath to say it's the Lord's day because of that. The day of the Lord is a day of judgment. It is so throughout the Old Testament and in, into the New. A day of vengeance. When God avenges his holiness because he will not tolerate a rebellion against his kingship and his lordship. And whether it is a nation, any nation, Judah, Jerusalem, the city, uh, the capital city of, of that nation, or any nation since or before, he will not tolerate those who refuse his name and his lordship. Neither will he do so for a church, body of believers, or a collective body of believers. Neither will he do so for individuals. You cannot go on in sin and rebellion against God without facing the consequences of that rebellion. The Lord will judge his people. We'll, we'll come to the Lord's table tonight and we'll ask you again to Examine yourselves to see if you're trusting in Christ alone and nothing else. What does that mean? So that we would not be judged. If we judge ourselves rightly, then we will not be judged. Hebrews 10, 26 tells us what it means. We'll read 10, Hebrews 10, 26 through 31. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much more, worse punishment do you think 
will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. There is only one escape from the judgment of God. There's only one escape from the wicked and vile things that come into our mind and heart and, and sometimes come into action in our lives. It is the blood of Jesus that cleanses from all sin and takes away his wrath. It is calling upon the name of the Lord, asking for forgiveness, knowing that he welcomes returning sinners who repent, who change their mind and change their heart and change their actions because they have believed the glorious good news of the gospel of grace. Let us pray. Father, may each one here believe the glorious good news. We pray for the Holy Spirit to reveal our hearts. We confess all of the, the wicked thoughts and the wicked actions that we've done. And Father, the troubler of the brethren, our adversary, constantly accuses us before your throne. Father, may we make no defense. May we simply say, it's all true. But greater than our sin is the sacrifice of Jesus who takes away our sin. And make it uh, plain to us it's not merely being forgiven, it's demonstrating forgiveness by a new life. Father, help us to do that in every way that we're called to do it. And by your grace and by your favor, walk in in a way that is pleasing to you. And Father, if we fall, we do fall, we fall every day and fall every moment. May we know the gracious promise of your renewing grace to walk in new obedience. Father, fill us with a, with a desire, a holy desire to do what is right because of what Jesus has done for us the one who knew no sin, who took sin upon himself, who died in our place, who went to glory, and, and has risen and defeated death for all who believe in him, and defeated our worst enemy, has paid the price fully, has drank the cup of your wrath down to the dregs on our behalf. Father, may we know his presence through the Holy Spirit in his holiness and his truth. And thank you.
for your amazing abundant grace through him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah.